When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Yeah, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Yeah, DJ Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? We are back again, round two for week 12 coming at you. Now we're going to break down this NFL DFS main slate. It's the DJ Nation pod powered by the Fantasy Authority. I'm one of your hosts here, Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore W. Joined by the usual suspects. We don't got the we don't got the full show for you today, the crazy two-hour show that we had for Thanksgiving, but usual suspects, the godfather himself, Mr. Kevin Steele at Fantasy Rat 13, and my boy Maddie Buckets, Maddie Gets Money, Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. Maddie, what's good, man? Are you ready for this slate? I should be asking you what's good. Talking about me being money bags, Mr. Uh, that one thousand percent ROI on <laughs> on Thanksgiving Thursday. How are you doing over there? Hey man, man, we know we we getting it, dude. The lady lady's very happy to oh, see I'm that sure. come in. Uh, sure. Right in time for the holiday, man, you, and just in time for you to buy right her a nice Christmas holiday. present. Man, maybe two. <laughs> maybe two. She might but, uh, get two this year. <laughs> That's why I'm glad we got the two-part week 12 going here so we can go strong again on Sunday, get the run back. But uh, no, man, appreciate it. It was was a fun Thanksgiving slate. I mean, you know, still got to take advantage of of the two-gamer. I mean, there was still money to be had there. So um, just shout out for the Zeke fade. That that paid off. Shout out to Amari Cooper coming through, Texans D coming through, Antonio Gibson coming through. I'm getting ready to put the jersey back there. I can finally get the Bears. Mahomes Gad Jersey replaced with Antonio <laughs> Gibson with Hollister. So that's fun. Man. But we gotta we gotta talk to the people about how they can get this money here for week twelve. And I mean we've been we've been talking a ton about the slate offline. Um I, I know you and Kev have been diving deep into it. I'm kind of just getting into it um from the day. It's crazy that it's it kind of feels like Saturday, but we're recording this on Friday. And so we still got a lot of time, a lot of things to unpack. But the slate is just 
it's really it's really interesting. We you know we were almost getting used to having a balanced slate, right? With a couple of uh, like seven or six games, seven games in the afternoon slate. And now we only got three and only one of them really is good with KC and Tampa Bay. And so everything else is going to happen. The early slates, and it's just crazy, man. We only went through and looking at these prices on DraftKings and how many different ways you can go. Uh, it's it's going to be a fun one. So I'm excited to get into it with you guys. And and before we get into it, you know, as always, we just, we're just going to do a little plugs for the people. Shout out to everybody who's been watching us on YouTube. You can see it if you're watching the video right now in the right hand corner there just make sure you guys are subscribing to the channel um liking the videos commenting uh tell us what you like what you don't like kev's takes yeah we can keep those in the trash that's fine um you know it's all it's all good um but no man we appreciate everybody rocking with us if you guys are listening on your podcasting uh softwares as well too make sure you guys are subscribed and uh you know downloading the podcast we appreciate all the support as always get into the slack chat too. hit up dj nation pod on twitter or hit up one of us we can get you guys in there um it's exciting to just talk about the slates and we're at week 12 already it's crazy the year's flying by so we got it got a couple more weeks to grind out for you before we get into the playoffs and we're just enjoying it all so as we talk about enjoying it all man let's talk about this week 12 slate and uh, as we as we usually do i mean i I'll let you guys just kind of, if we want to go into straight to quarterbacks, if we want to talk about what games are sticking out to us and kind of go from there, because it's really interesting what we got here. You know, Kyler Murray uh, and Pat Mahomes are the two quarterbacks that are 8K and above. A lot of quarterbacks that you can pay up for this week with Josh Allen and Justin Herbert being right behind them. Um, Tom Brady in that KC game. Is he going to have a bounce back there? Uh, we can already, you know, scratch off one of the games is Pittsburgh and Baltimore. It looks like is getting moved to Tuesday. So we don't have to, you know, move from Thanksgiving now moved from Sunday to Tuesday. Uh, who knows if it's going to happen or not? Lamar has COVID. Uh, just just crazy. I mean, the COVID bug keeps going. Speaking of COVID, too, just as we get into the slate further, we got Adam Thielen, who's off of the slate as well, too, because of COVID. So that could factor in to running back ownership uh, with the one Dalvin Cook who comes in at nine five this week. But I think before we, you know, uh, we, we got a lot to unpack here just because of the nature of the slate, as opposed to what we were doing on Thursday. But I kind of want to talk just over overall as we get into some of these builds. I mean, I feel like it's coming off of the Thanksgiving slate. Um, it was a two gamer, you know, people were kind of down on it with the Steelers and Ravens game getting moved off. Uh, people played Zeke, like locked him in without, you know, I, I had teams, a ton of teams that had Zeke on them too. And it was just, it just left a bad taste in your mouth. I felt like if you're looking at these running backs who you could pay up for or looking at spots where you could pay up for, and the same thing with Deshaun too. I mean, Deshaun was chalk. And so you think about that just in your head. Okay. He was the highest priced quarterback. And while people look to get pivots on Thanksgiving with Dalton Stafford Smith, even though this is 11 game slate, I still think we're looking at the same thing here. Like you're looking at Kyler Murray, this guy smashed all year, but he's going against, you know, going against new England on the road and is dealing with the shoulder injury. So can people feel comfortable paying up for him? People are not going to want to play Patty Mahomes and Maddie. I know you, you definitely want to talk about that. You were talking about that on Monday when the slate was released, but he's AK going against the Tampa Bay defense on the road as well. And, uh, what more does he have to do? He's putting up an MVP season here with the, uh, games that are just 
you know, just bananas what he's been able to accomplish getting weapons back now with Sammy Watkins coming back, but people will still want to avoid him. And then you go down to Josh Allen, who is shaping up to be the chalk by every, you know, thing that we're seeing right now at 7,600 going against a Chargers team that I think has allowed like 28 or more points in their past however many games. I know the Jets got points on them. The Jaguars got points on them. Just crazy what this defense is allowing. They're banged up. And so as we just talk about the slate, right, let's get into it. And like, are we, you just paying up for quarterback, right? I mean, or can you trust the guys like Matt Ryan? Can you trust Taysom Hill? Can you trust Derek Carr? Can you, the, these are guys that people are going to white play. Danny Jones, Danny Jones. I've seen a lot of talk about him giants against Cincinnati. We know Cincinnati's lost Joe Burrow. That game could be crazy. Maybe there's more favorable scripts for Danny Dimes. So, Maddie, talk to me about the quarterback position and kind of how you're feeling about it on the Week 12 slate. Yeah, I, I think your, you know, your kind of outlook on the slate is exactly how I feel about it. There's, you mentioned there's a lot of guys who have monster upside here, exactly what we saw on Thursday, like Deshaun Watson has, and then everybody else is just kind of mediocre at best below those guys, and it's like. Yeah, you want to be different, but at the same time, when these guys go for 35 to 40 DraftKings points, you've got to have them on your teams. And at that point, you just need to be different with the rest of your build. So I, I'm I'm looking at the top this week. There's a handful of guys that I you know have heavily heavy interest in, uh, but there's also uh, a couple names down low that you know I think could maybe match them. So at the top, you know, you mentioned Kyler Murray. Uh, I, I think nobody's going to play him seeing he's against New England. So he's definitely a, a low-owned, interesting pivot. And he's really been the Lamar Jackson of last year uh, for this year. So you're going to get a guy who's going to run all around the field, uh, going to approach 100 rush yards on a weekly basis. Uh, is probably going to be lower-owned this week because, like you mentioned, Josh Allen's going to be a lot chalkier than him at a cheaper price. Uh, Herbert's going to carry ownership on the other side of that game. Patrick Mahomes for good reason uh, against Tampa Bay, which I love this week. Uh, Tampa's a, you know, they're a, a pass funnel defense. They are top run defense in the league. Uh, Chiefs are, are ranking at the highest pass rate uh, in the league, especially in neutral situations. So there really is no reason for the Chiefs to try to run the ball here. And they haven't tried to run the ball uh, this year really at all outside of the first couple of weeks. So I, I just don't see a way like you, you go back and look, at Mahomes' attempts, passing attempts last year, he was consistently in the in the low thirties, low to mid thirties, uh, with a handful of games over forty attempts. And this year, it's the exact opposite. He's gotten all of his games are in the forty to fifty range, uh, and then there's only a handful in the thirties. So, don't be afraid of paying eight K for Mahomes. He's got legit four hundred yard, five touchdown upside here. Uh, in which, if he does that, you better have him and just make the rest of your team a little bit different from the chalky builds. Um, but yeah, so th- those four guys at the top really stand out to me. Um, and then you've got all the way down at 5,800. I'm not really sure why Ryan Tannehill is priced that low. Uh, we know Tannehill just from last year, his efficiency has, you know, it, his upside is still up there with, with the best, you know, he can go out on a weekly basis and score, uh, 30 plus DraftKings points. You know, he's got rushing upside. He's got weapons, AJ, AJ Brown, Corey Davis, um, Janu, like there, there's weapons on that offense for him. And the Colts defense has been one of the better run, run defensive units in, in the league. So, uh, while they will be without one of their top, uh, run stuffers in Buckner and Henry will get a boost from that. I still do like Tannehill, uh, in that game because Tennessee's defense has been horrible this year and, and the Colts offense is going to put up points. So 
I think we're going to see a bit of a shootout. Um, two weeks ago, these teams played each other, and Tannehill went right down the field on on the very first drive of the game and scored very easily. Uh, and then it ended up missing AJ Brown. AJ Brown dropped a, like a set what would have been a seventy yard touchdown down the sideline. So there was still a lot of points left out there on on that field in that game, and they still combined for fifty one points. So. I think you're looking at a legit game that could go for 65 to 70 points there. I uh, would not be shocked if that game ends like 35, 30, 31 or something like that. So um, I really like Tannehill this week. And then the other cheap guy, if we get Tua out this week, Miles Gaskin doesn't play. I really like Fitzpatrick uh, against the Jets because I think if, if Gaskin sits, Fitzpatrick plays – I don't think they're just going to lean on Matt Breida and DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird. I, I think they just say, okay, Fitz, you're, you're our best option. The Jets are another pass funnel. They're good at, better against the run. Uh, their cornerbacks are awful. And, I mean, you've got Devontae Parker and Mike Jasicki and Jakeem Grant you can throw to. You know, why not just go, go and do that? It's the path of least resistance. So uh, we've seen Fitz. He smashed weeks two through week, through, through week seven. Uh, he was consistently putting up 25 DraftKings points a game. Uh, I have no issue playing him at 5500 uh, to save $2,500 off of Patrick Mahomes if if that's the route you want to go. So, yeah, I, I'm, it's going to be a really tight quarterback pool for me this week. Really, I, I mean, I don't know if I even play – if me personally, if I end up playing Josh Allen or Herbert because they're priced right there with Mahomes. And I just think there's no way Mahomes underproduces in, in this matchup just because of being a pass funnel and – the pass heavy nature of, of the chiefs this year. So I think he's legit, you know, going to approach close to 400 yards and he's going to throw f- four plus touchdowns. So I really love Mahomes this week. Uh, he's now I'm pl- planning my flag on him. He gets Sammy Watkins back, uh, which is another boost to him. So it's going to be, I think I'm going to be all in Mahomes at the top and then Tannehill and maybe Fitzpatrick if I'm paying down. Yeah, that that's fair, Matty. And you, you, like I said, you've been, beating the drum for Mahomes, especially if he's going to be going under on than he should be. And I feel like <laughs> people just don't want to play Mahomes, you know, and I'm, I'm yeah. kind of looking at it too, as I was, like I said, I just started diving in today. So I, I really have not done um, too much as what I usually do for the, for my article and the video and things of that nature as, as much prepared as I, as I usually would be at this time of the week. But I do think it comes down to, you know, he's been able to spread the wealth, so to speak mm. to the tune of that, People are not putting up outside of like Kelsey. I think Kelsey had the multi-touchdown game, but like Hill's got a whole bunch of, you know, one touchdown game scores. Hart or Hardman was getting a score. Robinson's getting a score. Watkins back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can score. Le'Veon Bell can score. So it's like when you're talking about game stacking, people are not really comfortable with having a quarterback like that where they can't, you know, I, I'm one that preaches get your quarterback with now distribution of targets, you know, where the ball's going. And that, that kind of has some interest in me with Ted, a guy like Teddy Bridgewater this week. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at the upside that it offers, like it really doesn't matter, right? Like the play is the play. And we talk about this all the time, like quarterback scoring is just kind of so skewed. And if you're looking at it and, you know, Josh Allen, a good game for him, like that could be, you know, 29, 33 points somewhere in that range. And, you know, you could be sitting there at at the end and maybe, you know, Diggs, who people will pair him with, he doesn't reach what he could get. And people have Mahomes and then Hill in the late games. And, you know, nobody has the PMR left to have those two players. And you could be skyrocketing up the board if Hill catches two of those. 
uh, which is fully, you know, within his range of, of outcomes. And so I do think that because of that, that kind of thinking that it's on the late slate and I just don't want to, I want to have my points now and not have to worry about it. People right. will not be playing Mahomes as much. So I do get that. And I also like the Tannehill call as well too, Matty. You've been beating the drum for Tannehill as well uh, a lot this season. Um, and especially when he's going under own, we know that this offense likes to put up points. They've been putting up 30 points, 20, 20 something points consistently. So um, it is interesting. And he has good options to kind of pair him with Kev. You're the KC guy, man. I mean, is is Pat, is Matt gonna steal your Pat Mahomes thunder this week, or you gonna ride the you gonna ride that wave too into into Week Twelve slate, or are you looking elsewhere to kind of get your builds going here at the quarterback position? I mean, Patrick Mahomes is always in play, always in play. There's not a week that he's not in play. There's not a defense that he could face mm-hmm. that I would ever be nervous about him playing playing him in, and it doesn't matter right. who who they're playing. So I, I don't care about this Tampa Bay pass defense. We saw this Tampa Tampa Bay pass defense been been torched, especially the last couple of weeks. I mean, Jared Goff just went out there yeah. and threw all right. over them. Right. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Right. And, so and really, in reality, I mean, this is a must-win game, uh, really, for the for the Bucks because if they lose this, I mean, you're looking at the possibility of them not even making the playoffs because I believe that would put them um, right at 500. And so, I mean, this is a, kind of a must-win game for them, where the Chiefs, you know, not really as much, but still, uh, you know, this is a game the Chiefs are going to get up for, getting to play Tom Brady in this offense. So, um, I, I think if I'm going to play Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm going to run him in a couple of different on stacks because one, I will never play Tyreek and, and Kelsey in the same lineup. It is very, 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 very rare that they go off together. Um, usually it's one of or one or the other. It's never both. Um, and so I, for me, uh, Sammy Watkins, I, I think it makes for an excellent play this week at 4,700. He's somebody that's going to see a lot of targets. Uh, before he got hurt, him and Tyreek were pretty much neck and neck in terms of targets. Tyreek and the four, the four games that, that Sammy Watkins was healthy in before he left with injury, um, Sammy Watkins was right there in targets and Tyreek Hill only had one game with double digit targets. Um, and those four, cause that's a small sample size and it's Tyree kill Tyree kill can break a slate whenever. Um, but I think Sammy Watkins makes a lot of sense. Like he's kind of really has been kind of the, the cog that makes really the, this entire offense really go from like elite to like just nuclear because of what he's able to bring to the table because he's such a um, excellent um, yards after the catch guy. They, they, they get him in space. They like to use him underneath and it really opens things up for Tyree kill because defenses aren't as, as worried about, you know, um, Demarcus Robinson or McCole Hardman, right? So they're, all their focus goes on Tyreek and Travis Kelsey at that time. Now, once you add Sammy Watkins into the mix, like that's where everything really opens up. And so I love, I mean, I love Patrick Mahomes. I love Patrick Mahomes every single week. I'm, I'm never going to, if he's on a slate, I'm making a lineup with him. I mean, that's just, it's ridiculous not to uh, because of his upside. So at 8K, but like I said, if I'm playing him, I'm not playing Hill or Hill and Kelsey together. I'm going to split them up and, you know, figure out, you know, who to, who to stack them with. And then, like I said, um, if I'm running it back, like I really like Chris Godwin um, at 6K, like that is incredibly too, too cheap on the other side. Uh, do you guys have any interest on the other side of, of going Tom Brady at 6,600? I know he doesn't offer much in terms of the rushing ability, but this, this, this chief secondary has been uh, kind of torched um, that none of them have really played uh, excellent. Uh, Shavarius Ward last year was kind of the best corner they had. He hasn't played very well this year, especially. I mean, I know he he had a broken hand there for a while, but it, you know now he's he shed the cast, but he still has been beat 
Rashad Perriman can certainly be beat. Uh, Tyron Mathieu plays a lot in the slot. He plays over 50% of the snaps in the slot, but he's been awful um, in terms of coverage uh, so far this year. And so, like, I do think that running it, you know, if you didn't want to play Patrick, you want to go a little Couture going Tom Brady at 6,600 and running it back with, like, Tyreek, I think um, does make a little bit of sense uh, at his price because 6,600 is is pretty cheap. I don't think a lot of people are going to play Tom Brady. And like I said, I mean, this is a, a game where we could see eight, 900 yards of total offense. Like, um, cause I, I'm the chief's defense just hasn't been great. They haven't been getting pressure on the quarterback. And, and so that's one way you, you really kind of beat um, Tom Brady is being able to get pressure on him. Cause if you don't get pressure on him, um, you know, and give him a clean pocket, then, you know, that's whenever he kind of explodes. So I do think Tom Brady at 6,600 to leverage off Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I don't mind that play. Um, some of the other options you guys already kind of talked about. Like I did initially kind of have interest in like Derek Carr against Atlanta, but I don't know if they're going to open up the offense and trying to figure out who to stack them with outside of Darren Waller, I think is, is really tough to do. And, and so, you know, you could play Nelson Aguilar, but I don't feel great about that. I definitely don't feel great about playing Henry Ruggs. But, and then Daniel Jones is another guy that I really like going against Cincinnati. But again, you know, Pace could have something to do with it. Um, I, I also think that, you know, they're, they're not really going to have to open it up that much, but this is a great matchup for them. Daniel Jones has some ability to get out of the pocket and use his legs as well. But I don't think you can go there because I just don't think, you know, uh, unless Brandon Allen figures it out and uh, has a good game against a, a pretty underrated Giants defense, like it's going to be really, it's going to be hard to trust that. So I think it's kind of slim down below, like even, the, you know, Baker Mayfield going against Jacksonville, great matchup, but if they can run the ball 45 times, they're going to run the ball 45 times. And I think that's exactly what they're going to do. Uh, you know, so th- that's, that's really, it makes it tough to really pay anybody that that's really, you know, down there in that range. So for me, I think the cutoff for me is probably Ryan Tannehill at 5,800. I do think Matt Ryan at 5,900 is intriguing, you know, cause the Raiders secondary is, is horrific. Um, you can certainly throw all over them. And I know with, without Julio, there's going to be concern because Matt Ryan has not played as well without, uh, Julio Jones in the offense, but this Raiders offense is, or defense is so terrible that I, I don't think that it scares me as much. And I think that's a cheaper price tag than what Matt Ryan normally comes in at. I mean, you usually look at Ryan at 65, 6,600, 5,900. I mean, you play him with Calvin, and then you, I think that you probably could go, you know, whether it's Zacchaeus or um, Hayden Hurst, I think you could do that and then run it back with Waller if you want to do that, if you didn't play uh, Hayden Hurst. Hurst has been, I think, missing practice too. So that's definitely yeah. He's somebody has been on also. Okay. Yeah. And if he's out, man, that 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 offense gets really, really thin, really fast with Gurley already out and Julio possibly missing. And I mean, it really from there it comes down to Ridley engage and, like you said, Zacchaeus probably would be the third guy. Which just doesn't make you feel confident at all with, with yeah. Matt Ryan's numbers. I mean, the the dude. We'll throw volume. I think that's what you always like about Matt Ryan is that you don't have to worry about him going out there and like having a Kirk Cousins S type of game. Like if they're up, they're passing. If they're down, they're passing. Especially with Gurley not playing in this game, he, him being rolled out. Um, they could be leaning on him, but it's just the numbers, like you said, Matty, have not been good. And this is a guy who I haven't redraft fantasy, unfortunately. It seems like every year and have to go, you know, have to deal with this on the back end for myself with Julio missing games or Ridley missing games. And um, it's, it just becomes a frustrating process. And I'm looking at him like Matt Ryan's 5'9". Uh, you talked about Ryan Tannehill being right there at 5'8". I, I, I like that. I mean, you're only paying 500 more to get a guy like Cam. 
at home against Arizona there. If that game, you know, if we get a good game script there, I can see that paying off Teddy Bridgewater, 6-3, Fitzpatrick, 5-5. And then uh, another guy that I want to talk about, and I, this kind of just came to me. We didn't talk about this offline at all, but is there a chance that Garner Minshew plays this week? I know he's questionable right now. Is they this, said is that this they don't think – well, they, they said they didn't think he was ready, um, that, okay. that, that he possibly could be as a backup quarterback to Mike Lennon. So. Got yeah, it. I think so they've already Lennon named Lennon the, the starter. starter. Yeah. Right, got it. Okay, because that that would that would kind of be some interest for me there. Do you guys have any interest in Taysom Hill? No, I know it's not the best no. matchup against Denver, but I mean his rushing ability, uh, I think, does give him a little bit of floor. And he threw the ball more than I thought he was going to. Like I did not see him throwing the ball twenty three times whenever he started last week. Like I thought it was going to be like a fifteen, maybe eighteen at most in terms of attempts. I figured there was going to be a lot more running. Um, but I mean, I think he. Should, I mean, I know it was against Atlanta, but. I mean, the Denver secondary doesn't scare me at all. And with his rushing ability, like it's kind of like, it's almost like it's like, it's, it's like a Tim Tebow plus situation is really what it kind of feels like with him because um, they're they're They are certainly going to run the ball. He's going to get goal line carries and, you know, obviously that, which, which that gives you the six point touchdown 6,200 is a little pricey. Um, and it isn't the best matchup um, on the road, but with, with with his rush, I mean, if he, if he's going to get, I mean, he could end up getting ten to fifteen rushing attempts in this game, and it, it, it you you throw a couple, you know, run run one in, which is certainly possible with him. I mean, I mean, he could get you know get you fifty to seventy rushing yards. It really wouldn't shock me one bit. And so at sixty two hundred, I know it's a little bit pricey, and maybe if I did, it would probably I would probably either either play him with Michael Thomas or I would just run him naked. Because I think that's also an option. And I know that's what took down the Millie Maker last week was a Taysom Hill naked. But obviously, that was a much different price tag at 4900 I think, on DraftKings versus the 62 now. But his rushing right. ability alone and uh, the creative ways that they, they try to use him, you know. Um, Let me ask I don't you know. this. Do you have any interest in Cam Newton? Because to me, they're the exact same player. I See, the, the, the difference, though, that I think with Taysom to Cam, because I do agree with what you're saying, is that Taysom Hill has much better weapons to work with in terms of Michael Thomas, Manny Sanders, and then Alvin Kamara. And, and so, like, I, th- I think with all those the weapons that he does have, I, I think that makes him such a better play than Cam Newton because – Cam, while I, you know, obviously you can run him naked as well. Like, do you feel great about any of the the, the options that they have? And the answer is no, um, in terms of just their weapons that they have. And so with Taysom, you know, I I think that's what makes him a little bit more intriguing. You know, with guys with with all the weapons that they, that he has, and the, the fact that he threw the ball twenty three times again it really uh, surprised me. I did not see that coming. They used him a lot, like they, you know, it's very similar to the way they used Drew Brees, and he did well. I mean, he threw over two hundred yards. You know, on those 23 attempts, he didn't have any passing touchdowns. That's because he rushed them both in, which to me really hurts Alvin Kamara. Like, if this is the what we're going to continue to see well, for him, yeah, like this, this, this kills Alvin Kamara right now mm-hmm. because he is taking away, he's not looking to check down to yeah. Alvin Kamara like Drew Breed does. Um, he is somebody that, that is going to take off and run whenever they get an opportunity, and they're going to run more design runs with him. And so, I do think that that hurts Alvin Kamara in terms of his overall ceiling and everything else. I don't know. I just thought Taysom is a little interesting at, at 6,200 because of his rushing upside that he brings. Kev, I just, I mean, it, it's just so thin of a, of a play in the sense that like with the guys who are at the top who can 
like surpass the number that he's putting up. Like I felt, you know, I felt like he had a pretty decent game there regardless of the fumble that he had, which his turnover issues are a thing. Like Taysom Hill is, is a problem. I don't know how this guy could even be thought to be, you know, a competent starter, but that's another conversation for another day. But I think everything went white for him last week. Granted, he was a lower price tag too. And he got 25. Like, what if those rushing touchdowns don't go to him? Like, what if they give it to Murray? What if they give it to Kamara? And like, and he's not passing touchdowns. Like, I don't think we've, we've seen what he can do, like proven as a passer. And you're like playing in Denver. It just is one of the, that's just one of the toughest places for quarterbacks to play in, man. I feel like, and he's, you know, he's going into his second start of the year. I just don't like this game at all. And I feel like if you're playing Taysom, like you need kind of a fast paced environment, you need to be able to, on that game script kind of going the over and I'm not sure what the over under is on it. It's got to be somewhere in the low low 40s on that game. It just doesn't seem like a, a player yeah, that's like 43 or 44. Yeah. yeah, that's no, right. I, and so it, I would I would much rather love this game Kevin if it was like in New Orleans, you know, in in the dome and um and he's 6,200. Like, and so the way that we're, you know, going to be looking to build our teams this week, I think he kind of caps the upside that we could have because you're not, you're not stacking them. Right. Kev, like, yeah, I was going to play, him, it would probably be as, like I said, run him naked or something like that. But, yeah, and, right. and at that point, yeah. And at that point he has to rush in two touchdowns for him to, to hit a ceiling because he's not going to go out and pass for, for four. Right. And at 6,200, right. you're going to need somebody who throws at least three. But if he throws three, he can run one in. But I don't even see him throwing three um, because then you're asking for a lot of deep completions because of the nature of his pass attempts, which I don't even know. Like Michael Thomas, he runs a lot of short routes. And then, I, I mean, I guess Sanders stretches the field a little bit. But, like, who who else out there is there really their deep threat that kind of fits with, with Taysom's you know, strong arm that wants to stretch it down the field, right? They don't really have like a Deshaun Jackson type guy that is just like, okay, let me run this go route and, you know, yeah. throw it as far as you can and I'll run under well, it. Traquan, I mean, Traquan's 4-3. I mean, he runs 4-3. I mean, he certainly has the speed to be able to do that. Now, do they use Traquan in that way? Not really. I don't know why they don't. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any fucking right. sense. I mean, I mean, because <laughs> they got dusty ass Drew Brees throwing the ball to him most of the time. And it's like, yeah. I, I saw somebody said that, that, you know, they were breaking down the Saints film and that, they had really used Taysom in a, in a similar capacity than as to how they used Breeze in terms of the pass attempts that he had. Um, I mean, he did have, he did throw a couple down the field, which we haven't really seen Breeze do, but outside of that, I mean, it was a lot of short passes. Like Michael Thomas did have a good day. Um, but out, like outside of the passes, it was just Taysom running all over the place. The only thing I would say it would be this is that, that we, while he only threw the ball 23 times, you know, 233 yards is good. Um, I would say that they didn't really need to do anything, right? Because they, they pretty controlled the game the entire game, which very well could happen again this week against Denver's mm-hmm. offense. Yeah, but right. Judy's out too, right? If they were to push them a little bit. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> I, I do think that, you know, you, we could probably see more and then open him up a little bit more. I don't know. I, I just thought he was in – I wasn't planning on spending 10 minutes talking about Taysom Hill, but – at 6,200, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting price point for him. I know it's probably a little bit higher than I would want to. If he was like 58, 57, maybe I'd be a little bit more interested. But I do have, I am intrigued by him because I think that he could have a, a legit 30 point upside. Um, uh, yeah. Judy's got a Q tag. Uh, he's got an Achilles and ankles or something with his foot. So that's definitely something to monitor. Yeah. You definitely have to be playing him with somebody else from the Denver side. 
if if you think Taysom yeah. is, is putting just, up twenty five to thirty. For for me, just how I how I'm breaking down the slate, it's I just think that Tennessee Indy has a chance to go absolutely nuclear on both sides. Like I legit yeah. think both offenses could put up thirty points there. And so, you know, we've seen Ryan Tannehill have have a little bit of a rushing upside too. I don't know. I, I'm just going to save the 400 and, and play the game that I think could go to the moon. And that's, for what, me, that's Tennessee and Indy. Before, before we move on to running back, Matty, what, what are you doing with Tennessee and Indy if Phillip Rivers somehow doesn't play with this toe injury that he's listed as questionable with? Because if it's Brissett. I am uh, going to plan on, <laughs> on Phillip Rivers just playing. Okay, fair <laughs> don't enough. Put that, don't that's put a, that That's all you need me. to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that would That's, fair that would that's all you need to say. That would change things because Indy is dealing with a lot of uh, injuries on the defensive side of the ball, which they haven't really had to deal with this year. And their defense has been somewhat good uh, while they have have played a lot of bad teams. Uh, so I think, you know, I, I was on Aaron Rodgers last week who had a really good game against Indy and the Packers really should have won that game. But, you know, the, the Indy pass D is not what people think it is because of the, the strength of schedule that they've had. They haven't really played anybody and they've got some okay corners like Xavier Rhodes. That dude got dusted all last year in Minnesota. Like he's not a top right. corner anymore, and he's you know consistently going up against against number one wide receivers. And I just think that you know there's there's value to attack Indy through the air, and they're now they're missing their best run stopping defensive lineman. Uh, so I, I really think Tennessee can can score there. Um, if Rivers doesn't play, that definitely uh, hurts the game overall. But at the same time. Mm-hmm. Tennessee hasn't stopped anybody on defense. Their defense is one of the bottom three defensive units in the league. Like you pull up any game and I guarantee you Tennessee is giving up more than 25 points a game. So <laughs> uh, shout out, Will. Don't put that evil on me. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan, hey, hey, that hey. bad juju out, out of here. So hey, we um, just got to cover all the bases. I just want to no, make sure. I, I, no, it's, it's, it's a valid question. Uh, I mean, the, the, the real question is who do you run it back with? Right because Indy is right. so awful to pick and choose. And and there's really only two options because I'm not paying 6K for, for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, probably take a shot on Naheem Hines at 4,600 and mm-hmm. just hope that it, it's the Naheem Hines game and not the Jonathan Taylor game. And then yep. Michael Pitt, Michael Pittman's the other one that's, you know, has oh, – really I, I thought you were going to say somebody else. No, I can't play any of their tight ends. I can't play T.Y. Hilton. Uh, Pittman's starting to carve out. Trey Burton, he's thirty nine hundred. He's thirty nine hundred. Ty is. Oh, Ty. No, I, I can't play Ty. Okay, I, fair enough. He's he's just hasn't had a, a big enough role, and, and Pittman's really started to to come in and after his injury, and, and he's starting to carve out a, a role uh, there. So I think it's going to be Naheem Hines would be my run back, just because uh, the Colts have gone gone, and this is a good segue into into running backs. Um, yeah. There are not really any running backs to, to play this week outside of Dalvin and, and Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Uh, but it's the Colts have really gone with a hot hand approach. And, and Kev, I know in our chat earlier today, you kind of mentioned uh, that Jonathan Taylor looks like he's taken over the backfield. Well, that's really was only last game because just two weeks ago is when they played Tennessee. And that was the Naheem Hines breakout game. Uh, which we have seen him, you know, every three or four weeks, Hines has this massive game. Uh, and it, it just seems to be a hot hand approach that they're running with. And it's, I, I'm just going to play the cheaper guy that's likely lower owned and, and just hope it works out. It's not really a conviction play. Like I don't have anything that's telling me, Oh, this is a Naheem Hines week other than the fact that 
he doesn't really lose out from it being a shootout as much as Jonathan Taylor does. Uh, like if, if the Colts get from behind, I, I think Hines has a, a better pass catching upside and he would be the guy that they look to more often. So that's just, that's just kind of how I'm leaning into it. Um, I don't think really either is a bad play. I just probably will not have the salary to get to Jonathan Taylor at 6K. Um, but yeah, outside of him, uh, Dalvin Cook at the top, don't really need to say much against him, him against Carolina. Uh, it's That's an obvious one. And then we just talked about Derrick Henry uh, going up against the Colts, missing their, their top uh, defensive lineman against the rush. So I think you're getting a lot of uh, rush attempts and a lot of goal line carries between Dalvin and Derrick Henry if you pay up for those two guys. So I, th- I think the inter- most interesting thing of this week is it could end up being all these 4K running backs that we may end up getting. I guess that's probably right. where the conversation, <laughs> in my opinion, should start because yeah. we have Todd Gurley, who's already been ruled out. And so that means Brian Hill, I guess Edo Smith to some extent, will be the running backs there against for the Raiders, which on paper looks like a great matchup. We have uh, Salvon Ahmed, who's already been ruled out, and then Miles Gaskin. We're waiting to hear news, which would then be Matt Breida at 4K or possibly DeAndre Washington. And then you also have Josh Jacobs, who practiced in full, I think, on Wednesday, Friday, and now he's down to limited because of a hip injury, and he may not play, which would open up Devontae Booker at 4K. I know we kind of talked about this offline, but if 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 he does, if, if all those things come to fruition and we have all the, all those 4K options, how would you guys rank them? Um, I would probably rank them Booker one, and then everybody else. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, like like I know like Matt Breida, like it looks interesting against the Jets because the um, especially because it's the Jets, but the Jets have actually been quietly good against the run. Yep, you know, like 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 I know people aren't going to want to hear that. And when people and hear the Jets, they automatically think their entire team is just god-awful. Yeah, but, they have there. yeah but, they're, but their front, their, their front ha- has been really good. Quentin Williams has been mm-hmm. has been excellent this year. I mean, he's, he's a stud. But so I don't feel great. And I don't know if it's going to be Matt Breida or if it's going to be De- DeAndre Washington at this right. point. And so no. that, that kind of goes back to our discussion when, when we were talking about Mike Davis at 4K uh, in, in kind of a bad matchup against uh, whoever he was playing. Uh, and, and, Kev, you had some concern there. But for me, it's yeah, – I'm Tampa, only going to – Yeah, yeah, Tampa, that's right. And so for me, like, regardless of how cheap somebody is, I need them to be in a role where I know that they can get a lot of touches and score a lot of points. Because even if they're 4K and they give me eight points, that, that does me no good. And so, like we mentioned Brian Hill, there's a chance Ito Smith could steal touches. Quadre Olison could steal touches. We don't know if Gaskin's playing, but if he's out, you've now got Laird, Breida, and Washington. And none of those three guys really scream workhorse to me, and, and I think it's going to be more of a committee. And then in Las Vegas is where the one spot where Booker has really started to cut into Josh Jacobs' role a little bit, and I think it's more so, you know, the Raiders don't want to throw a ton. But and, and they don't want to give Jacobs 30 carries a game. But, I mean, we've seen Booker carry the ball almost 10 times a game, and he's even had a game where he carried the ball 16 times. So I think he would be the clear-cut number one option in that offense, which is not something we can say about these other value options uh, that we would possibly get. So I agree. I think Booker is the clear number one down there at 4K if we get him, if Jacobs is out. Other than that, I, I don't know that I'll end up on a 4K running back this week just because if they get you 10 points, like they're not going to even come close to what Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Kareem Hunt do. 
like Kareem Honey is even a better play than those guys at 5,600. Oh my God. Because he's, he's actually seen all of the red zone work for Cleveland in the games that Nick Chubb has been active. So it's been like a Kareem Hunt gets like 66% of the opportunities and, and Chubb gets like 33%. So it really is, you know, an interesting spot for Kareem Hunt against Jacksonville, who has been bad against good running backs and they don't really have a, a good offense to keep up with Cleveland. So there's going to be a lot of rushing attempts on, on that side of the ball. Yeah, and you know, with, with with Brian Hill, we've seen this we've seen this scenario play out. They did it last year, and like everybody was fucking hyped to play Brian Hill yep. last year. Whenever the same same thing happened, and he did fucking absolutely <laughs> yep. nothing, and people started tilting their face off because he did absolutely dead sh- jack shit. And I don't even think they had Ito Smith when that happened last year because Ito Smith got hurt right before Devonta Freeman went down. And so it, it was really just Brian Hill's backfield, and he still did absolutely yeah. nothing with it. And so I, I don't think it's as nearly as good of a spot as people think that it is in terms of the running back position. But um, we'll also have to see with Christian McCaffrey because Christian McCaffrey, they have not ruled him out yet. He is still questionable. It doesn't right. sound like Eckler, he's going to play. Too. Yeah, and, and I, I actually think there's a much better chance that Austin Eckler plays than, than Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey seems pretty – pretty slim because I think they're on by next week. And so it doesn't really make a ton of sense. They're already, I mean, they're not, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. So there's really no point running them out there, but there is the opportunity because he has practice on a limited basis all, all week, but uh, Eckler at 6,100, that would be super interesting at that price tag against that defense. If he plays, because I, it doesn't make any sense that he's not going to play because we, we've seen all these videos that he's posting. And then he's talking about and like in that video that he posted uh, or that he was on Twitch with basically said that he's done everything he possibly could to try to like, re-injure himself to see if he could he could take it and he, he's at zero he has said he's felt nothing zero injury he's completely healthy so i don't know what the, the point yeah. of it is is holding him out for you know like what are you doing like what, are you, what why is he not out there if he's able to go mm-hmm. but um, I, think, I guess they're also out of it so yeah and, and eckler is kind of in the same boat as mccaffrey right playing on an awful team like they're not just going to run him out there if he's like 70 percent like if, if he's playing you just can assume that he's as close to 100 percent as he's going to be uh, and you just have faith that, you know, that he's going to get his full workload and not going to share time, which is exactly what we saw with McCaffrey a couple of weeks ago before he got hurt again. Uh, he was dominating the touches, even though Mike Davis had looked kind of good when when McCaffrey had been out. So, uh, yeah, it's just when you play on a bad team and a star comes back, you just assume that that star is fully healthy uh, because there's no reason for, for them to rush him back. So if Eckler is in this week, he'll probably be one of my highest on running backs. And why is Wayne Gallman not – uh, just a smash play this week. Can anybody tell me that? Uh, because I can because play Wayne Gallman. Because it's Wayne Gallman one, and I can play <laughs> Kareem Hunt for five hundred dollars more. And Kareem Hunt will get more rush attempts. I don't think he will have more red zone carries than Gallman. I, I don't think he will. I think he will. I, don't I think, think will. both. I think both Chubb and Hunt are going to clear the twenty yard twenty carry mark. I think Wayne Gallman will too. But you're going to need. Gallman to to score two touchdowns for him to pay off because he does not catch any passes. At least in terms of in there. terms of fantasy points over the last four weeks that he's played, he's the number three fantasy running back over the last three weeks or four weeks that he's played. How many and, those, and, 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 and those are good matchups that he has there. But this is a great matchup against, that he gets against Cincinnati. Yeah, touchdown in every game. Yeah, yeah. He's, he needs two touchdowns. touchdowns he needs touchdowns. Week. Yeah. Oh, of course, but but this is but I mean, is there a reason to believe that he won't get a touchdown against Cincinnati? I mean, he could score two or three touchdowns in this game. I mean, at at, at the price tag, and I get it, it's cream hunt, but like I feel like that you're as you're right that, but I think that when you look at Wayne Gallman, like I mean, 
I think 20 to 25 touches is certainly in the range of possibilities. It's in the range, range of possibilities. Where I think that Kareem Hunt is more lies in the 15 to 20, which is still great, which is still good. But he's he's no, going to get pass catching work. Cam, stop. That it's way. 15 to 20 touches is, is is excellent for for. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like that, it's not a bad projection. But five of those for Hunt is going to come through the air, whereas one of them might, if you're lucky, is going to be through the air for Gallman. Like he he has to go for a hundred yards and two scores to burn you in a tournament. So you don't think there's any because here's here's where I think that it could hurt Kareem Hunt is that I think that Nick Chubb could just go absolutely nuclear and then Kareem Hunt doesn't have to they don't have to run Kareem Hunt as much like because let's let's be honest like Kareem Hunt has had a pretty large workload this year. You're playing Jacksonville. You're not worried about Jacksonville really keeping up with you and. I think where you could almost give Kareem Hunt like a little bit. It would be surprised if we come back we that we see Kareem Hunt gets twelve touches in this game because they didn't need him and and they just let let us let Nick Chubb go ham in this game and and Nick Chubb rushes for two hundred yards and three touchdowns. My- like, that's why that so for me like and I get, I get where you're coming from and I get the the pass catching upside and stuff like that. But Wayne Gallman to me does just. Provides a much clearer path where I'm. There's not another running back I'm sitting here worrying about, and and I know it's Wayne Gallman, and so his name certainly Alfred doesn't Morris carry the, the getting eight carries a game. But Wayne Gallman tilted when Alfred Morris runs a touchdown. <laughs> but I I just think with, with Wayne Gallman, I, I just I just think that um, I think he has a little bit higher ceiling than what Kareem Hunt does in this game. I, I just Kev, we've we've seen this for now two years with with what they're doing there, and I mean, especially with Kevin Stefanski being at the helm, like this team is going to run the ball down your fucking throats, and no, they're no rotating. Doubt. No doubt, like he, Chubb's had chances to smash in games, and he, you know, he's getting twenty carries in some of these games, and still putting up, you know, only a hundred and twenty yards because they're giving Hunt you know, 10 to 15 of these carries and he's being so fucking efficient with them. And it's not, it's not happenstance. This dude is fucking good. Like he's just good at football. And oh, no like, doubt. I'm, I'm not taking it away from Kareem Hunt. This isn't well, that, a, that Wayne Gallman's better than Kareem Hunt take. Like it has nothing to do with that. But you just, but for upside though, you're saying that Gallman has more upside, and I just don't, I just don't see that when we know that he, even in a backup role, I'm saying that his upside is is greater than a guy who's a starter for the Giants. For one, you you at least have a competency of knowing that this is a favorable matchup on the ground and with Chubb and Hunt both, they can get down there in the red zone just on their own, just by running. Like if Gallman's not getting work done between the 20s, I don't know what Danny Dimes is going to provide to get them into scoring position. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you, we could be saying that if he gets in the red zone, he he could score, and I don't disagree with that. But how the fuck are they getting there? Because Cincinnati's actually been pretty good at stopping the deep ball, which is what Don, which is what Danny loves to do, is th- throw that bomb. So if they're say, not being efficient with these passes, it could be empty looks. Yeah, and I will say too, as a as a counterpoint, if if Nick Chubb does have a monster game where you know he kind of he approaches 170 or 180 yards and, and two to three touchdowns. I guarantee you two of those touchdowns came on like 40 plus yard runs where it was not inside the red zone where Kareem Hunt's getting all the looks. And so if that happens, if the, if that happens, that means the Browns scored quickly and it's just a faster three and out on the Jacksonville on the other side. So I think Hunt is still going to get a lot of work. Even if Chubb has a monster game, I think they both can, can have a very good game. Kind what of do you playing. think? What, what do you think Kareem Hunt's ceiling is or ceiling is? What do you, where would you put it at his ceiling? I would probably put it at 25 for DK points. Yeah. Are, 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 I would, you're asking for points. I'll put it at 25 for points. 
Because he's only he's he's only hit he's so the the highest the best game he's had all year was twenty four point one week two, against, and that was with Chubb active. Yes. Yep. That's probably twenty five would would have been my answer. I think you can look at realistically eighty five to ninety rush yards. So there's nine points there, two touchdowns uh, that gets you to twenty one, and then three catches for forty yards is seven. So maybe even twenty eight points. Yeah, I mean, or even I mean. It, for me, what comes down to Hunt, and, and he's getting popular, so I really don't know how much I will have, but I, I just hate when Kev brings up Wayne Gallman because I fucking hate Wayne Gallman. Um, but for I think for me, Kareem Hunt, it, it's just so, he's just so mispriced for what they have been doing. I mean, they had been pricing these guys. I don't know that he is though, because like he hasn't like if you if you look all even with with when Chubb was out, like he's gotten 14, 19, 18, 7, 19, 9, 16, 9. Yeah, but look, like, look at the price tags they've had on him, Kev. Like last week, he was sixty seven hundred. Before that, sixty seven hundred. Six, and now we're getting into Chubb being out, but sixty nine, sixty eight. But even to start the season, like sixty one hundred against Washington, sixty two hundred against Dallas, weeks three and four, sixty five. So they, that's what I'm saying. They've kind of priced them a little bit closer to Chubb, and now all of a sudden, you're making them thirteen hundred dollars or fourteen hundred dollars cheaper against Jacksonville. Like, what is that? That's what I'm. That's what I just feel like he's mispriced based off of DraftKings standards, not maybe for the role, but based on what he's usually been doing. And I want to take advantage of that because when we're talking about him, if we're talking about him getting like 18, 19, you know, comfortably or whatever, we're looking at in the three X territory there. And so if he, if he, you know, it does get multiple touchdowns, like Maddie's saying, and does get into that 24, 25 realm, like I don't want to have, I don't want to have to guess on Wayne Gallman. Like I don't want to have to guess on fucking, you know, Drake or some of these other cheap guys that people want to play Taylor. Like you won't catch me dead playing Taylor. And, you know, maybe I don't know what's going on with Kamara if he's hurt, but if, if Murray's going to be the only back there, I could see people going there. And I just think that would lower Hunt's ownership even more. And just a good matchup when I'm not even looking at how the saints are going to be moving the ball with Taysom Hill on the road against Denver. So I just think he could offer some leverage there. I mean, Ronald Jones might see some work here at 6,102 going against KC. So he could he could just be buried in that chart. And it's still – he's just still such a good player, man. I mean, his days at KC were fantastic. And what he's been showing at Cleveland as the backup just taking that role on has been – like this dude needs to be starting. It's, it's, he's just so good. He's been so efficient on these little touches. Like if they give him anywhere close to 15 carries and three to four targets, he's smashing. And they will because they have no reason not to. I mean, you're without Odell. Uh, you know, Baker hasn't really been that good. They want to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. Jacksonville on right. the other side is not going to put up points. Um, right. So. You know, and the only, the only other thing I would say, too, in the Wayne Gallman discussion is this, is that if you look at the matchups that he's had since he started, like they've been the, the nut fucking worst. I mean, he's gotten two mm-hmm. against Philly, which Philly has shut down everybody. And he scored 16 and 19 against those two defenses, which – that, that is excellent compared to what they've been giving up. And then Tampa Bay, who's been excellent against the run, he put up 13.2. And then 14.7 against Washington. Like He's had really bad matchups every single week that he's, he's been the starter. And he's still, while he's not seeing as many targets, he's, certainly, he's still running the same amount of routes uh, as Kareem Hunt is every game. I mean, or, or very similar, I should say. I mean, Kareem Hunt... You know, is is getting anywhere from thirteen to seventeen. You know, routes is he's running where Wayne Gallman is running for anywhere from ten to fourteen. So it's not like a huge drastic difference. Right. He's just not being targeted in the same way because Daniel Jones typically doesn't look as much to target the running back, mm-hmm. um, which is was always frustrating with Saquon as well. Yep. 
But I will just say that, like I said, like I mean, he's done well in really bad matchups, and this is the the first matchup yeah. we can say that it's fantastic. And so, I, I still think, that in my opinion, I think he has a higher upside, or I think he has a higher ceiling, but he probably also has a lower floor than what Kareem Hunt does as oh, well. Absolutely. So, so for sure. So okay, you know, That's- I, and I I don't know. I guess we'll see because I mean, I could see Kareem Hunt carrying more ownership than what Wayne Gallman does. And I think that's a mistake. Right. And I, yeah, and I, and I really haven't done enough to look into it. I guess my initial reaction was that people are going to want to attack Cincinnati because Joe Burrow's out and they see Ryan Finley on the other side. So I think people could talk themselves into playing Wayne Gallman, playing Giants D, like not getting into Danny Dimes or anything like that, having to worry about the pass catchers because they see the work that he's getting is in the red zone, which is true. Um, I, I just – don't want to have to bank on Gallman getting in the red zone and getting those touchdowns or, you know, are we seeing Evan Ingram run an end around or Sterling Shepard run an end around, or are they going to give Alvin Morris, Alfred Morris touches? Like, I just don't want to have to fucking guess with Giants scoring um, or have to worry about them getting in the red zone for him to score, because I'm looking at his efficiency numbers, Kevin, they just aren't great like outside between the twenties, like he's really, he's been productive and doing what he needs to do when they get him in a position to score. But I don't know if we really have to worry about him, you know, reaching closer to a hundred yards and multiple scores. Is that, are are you saying that his ceiling could be in that range or like 80, 80 100 yards? Oh, I, I definitely think he could, he could eclipse a hundred. I mean, I guess Cincinnati, like that's not, you know, um, something that, I don't think that's a crazy, uh, crazy place for him to wind up. So I, I don't know. Like okay. I said, it, it's not like, but all it says, like I said, that he is, he has done well against really good run defenses. And um, now this is the first time we're going to see him with, with not against an elite run defense. Um, there are certainly concerns. It's still yeah. fucking Wayne Gallman, no, no doubt. But uh, <laughs> the price tag, I guess, uh, is what makes it interesting yeah. for me. Yeah, and it, it, he does allow you to, to get some stuff. And I, and I guess, too, it needs to be said, like, who you're playing him with, like, as well, too. Like, if you have Dalvin Cook and you can play, you know, Gallman with him, by all means, you know, feel free to do so. If you want to play Chubb and Wayne Gallman and not to worry about Hunt, like, feel free to do so. Or Derrick Henry, you know, some of these guys who you think are, you know, I can lock myself into 20 points for sure. And then closer even to 30, 40 on the upside swing. And then if I get a Gallman who puts up, you know, 15 to 20 points, I could be chilling with 45, 50 points from my running back positions. That's kind of what you what you'd be looking for. So I think it matters who you, who you pair them with, too. Like I, if I see teams that roll out like Wayne Gallman and Brian Hill or Wayne Gallman and fucking Josh Kelly or something like that to try to get in these high priced dudes. Like, I don't think that that's going to be a route you want to go. I think you want to make sure you're pairing him with somebody who you can bank on. Who would you rather play Wayne Gallman or Brian Hill? Oh, I'd rather play Wayne Gallman. Neither. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not playing Brian Hill. I can tell you that right now. I will not be putting American dollars. Uh, if, Brian if Brian Hill burns me, so be it. We're on to week thirteen. But I do, did, I do want to. Oh, go ahead, Kev. No, I was just going to say I, I didn't. I didn't know if you were going to jump to water here, but I did want to say. Do you think people are just completely sleeping on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because they think that the, because of the the matchup? But I feel like when you play Kansas City, and especially if you feel like that they're going to be able to throw the ball over them, I think that opens up the run game in a certain in a certain way with with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like they are, they have been great against the run, no doubt. But at 6,400, he's going to carry virtually no ownership. And I, I do think there's a path there because 
again, facing a team like the Rams versus a facing a team like the Chiefs where you, you're going to have the ball and the, the, the exotic ways that they get people in, involved. And he is involved as a pass catcher as well. That I think that $6,400 Clyde Edwards Hilaire, who's going to have zero ownership whatsoever, um, even if he only gets you 20, like that, that's, that's still not going to kill you at, at his price tag. I just no, I think if he gets you 20, you, you're loving that, honestly. If he gets you 20, yeah. like it, there's things that are going right there. You're going good. Slate. Yeah. What's, yeah. No, I, I agree. I said there's going to be limited 20s on the slate from running back. So, I mean, if he gets you 20, you're, you're, I agree. Like Ryan said, you're doing great. I just, I don't know if Andy Reid's going to galaxy brain himself because the Chiefs, regardless of the matchup, have been at the top of the league in, in situation neutral pass rate. Uh, especially over the last month or so. Uh, and then now you get a, a pass funnel game against Tampa Bay where every team has been throwing against them anyways. I just don't know if Andy Reid's going to be like, well, let me galaxy bring myself. I'm a pass-heavy team and going against a, a team that faces a lot of pass-heavy offenses because of the funnel, and let me just run the ball this game. Like I, I don't – I don't know. It would be weird for him to do that. So so some of that, though, too, you have to – over the last month, week seven and eight, were the Denver and, and the Jets game where Maine handled those teams the entire game. They, they, they did not but need Mahomes to run. But Mahomes still smashed. No, 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 no doubt. But but I'm saying, but the, in those two games, they they, they manhandled. I mean, they, they destroyed both those teams. Like they, they had no reason to run the football. Like it wasn't anything that they that they had to do. And they, they basically pulled – you know, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire off the field from that, you know, uh, from that really in the second half on. I, I don't know. It, 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 again, is it a, is it a some play? Yeah, probably. Um, not something I, I would do, you know, have a ton of exposure to it, but I just think that, uh, I think he's a nice, at least leverage play off of some of these other guys where he's going to carry zero ownership because real, really for me right now, there it's Dalvin Cook is the only running back that, and Nick Chubb that, that those two are the only two that I feel 100% fucking lock those dudes in and I feel great. The rest of them, have have red flags up and down. I like Henry. I'll throw Henry into that conversation too. Yeah, but the only thing that scares the shit out of me is like, always the same thing that scares the shit out of me with him. It's just the his pass catching his pass catching upside yeah. at, at his price tag yeah. at seventy nine hundred. It's so hard to trust playing him. And then I'm sure I'm sure Alvin Kamara will just absolutely go go go. Oh yeah, probably. Nobody's playing him. Of course, <laughs> winter's coming, Kev. That that Derrick Henry train's never late. This it's never too late to get yeah, out. Yeah, I will say if, if, dome. if oh. you're drawing dead from the first 1 p.m. slate and you've got the salary, you can play Kamara on on whatever late swap you can get in. Because I mean, it yeah. was, we saw the same exact thing a couple of weeks ago, right? Where who who did everybody play? Aaron, it was Aaron Jones against Aaron Jones or somebody. Everybody yeah, played yeah. Jones and, and, and nobody and played weather. Kamara. And, weather. and Kamara scored three touchdowns and went for like 40 points and nobody played him right. because everybody played Aaron Jones. And this is the same right. exact setup here this week. Everybody's going to play Dalvin. Everybody's going to play uh, Chubb. Everybody's going to play Henry probably. And nobody's going to play Kamara. And I, I do think, you know, part of the reason he didn't see a lot of targets last week is he was playing on a bum ankle was supposedly the reports. So maybe that's something that factored into only him only getting one or two targets, but right. I don't know. It does kind of concern me that Breeze check down Breeze isn't in there for for him. But I mean he's still oh, going to be sure. in the red zone. But he's just gonna have like no ownership. No yeah. ownership. 
It's going to it's going to be hard to get him as a pivot, though, Maddie, like just looking at what you can do, because usually we have guys that, you know, you feel comfortable with taking out the only really two players that you would be able to pivot from would be Michael Thomas and Tyree. Yeah. In the in the flats. I, I, I mean, Michael Thomas, I guess I, I would feel a little bit better about playing Kamara there um, at, you know, because running back in the flex, if that's where if that's where you're going to be having them. Uh, is is kind of the way to go unless you do like a if you had another running back and could do a like Watkins pivot down and then pay up for mm-hmm. whoever that would be. Um, yeah, I probably will not have three running backs this week on a team. Right, it just doesn't feel yeah. like a three running back week. No, no, I think and it it kind of really hasn't been a three running back year um, at least on DraftKings yeah. from what we've been seeing from from the winning lineups uh, at least in the Millie Makers. So you gotta. You got to pay for pay for the people you feel confident with in those two spots and and get the four wide receivers right. Um, I did want to talk. I do want to talk about Ronald Jones, and then there's another guy that I want to talk about on the afternoon slate as well too. And Raheem Mostert, who has been activated officially to the team and it will be questionable. And I, I just feel like we've seen this multiple times this week. It's been a while for Raheem Mostert because he's been on IR, but he always usually plays on the uh, afternoon slate. And he's always usually a game time decision heading in. And so uh, I think that one of the games he had, maybe it was against Miami. Yeah, Miami, he got the 90 yards. He didn't get a touchdown, but he's good. I mean, he's fucking good. So he's 40 or 5,400. And if he gets ruled in, like going going against the Rams there, who are, are a tough team, but it's Raheem Mostert. I, I think I would have some interest in in getting to him maybe um, in some slots. But Ronald Jones as well, too. Uh, I just – the reason I bring this up is because it's Casey on the other side and a team that we've looked to attack with running backs before. And it's so hard to trust what Tampa Bay is going to be able to do. And Leonard Fournette's getting in, you know, even more usage now. And as at the run, not only in catching passes. And so if Casey goes up big – here or if they get out to a lead early, like I could definitely see them playing for net um, way more than, than Jones and just saying that we need to come up points. We need to move the drives, put for net in and, and Jones could be the odd man out. But if Jones can, you know, hit pay dirt, take a big one back, I don't know. He's 6,100. The only way that I can see it happening is if they're able to get a, a build a lead against Kansas city, because that is essentially the, the the weeks that he does well, which was against Carolina when they blew Carolina out is when he scored 28.8 fantasy points, DK points. Other than that, it's 2.4, 4.8, 7.6. These are all games that they were trailing and had and, and, and either lost or won at the very, at the very end. And so really trusting him is, is really tough because he has a lot of really bad weeks. He has one week in week six where he had 29. And week four, he had 21. Week five, he had 18. And then he had the 28-point week in week 10. But other than that, it's 2.4, 4.8, 7.6, 10.6, 9.3, 10.7, and 10.2. He is such a like a boom or bust. And at 6.1, while G- granite Kansas City has really struggled against the ground, uh, you know, against the run this year. I feel like this is a game that the Chiefs, especially if they get up early, that is going to be Leonard Fournette. And who's going to see the most work? Because I do not see a scenario where the Chiefs fall behind dramatically 
where they're they're where they're going to be able to run him into the ground like that. And if he doesn't, then I think that you're going to see a far more of Leonard Fournette and very less of Ronald Jones, especially at the price. Yeah, I, I think that too. And I've kind of made a stand as well with Ronald Jones of just not really playing him <laughs> at all ever um, that's not on a showdown yeah. slate or anything like that so um I, I i don't think i could do it at the price tag uh and feel comfortable about it and just knowing that you know uh, things that we could be missing out on from playing in the 1 p.m games like i don't want to have to sit there and be like oh man i hope that ronald jones could get me 20 <laughs> i think he's cutting in and out he's freezing well I'll finish this sentence. I, I don't think he wants to be banking on having Ronald Jones getting him 20 to 25 points so that he can uh, hopefully cash uh, with whatever team he's got going there. So, And I, I agree. I think Fournette would be the play if I was going to play one there. Yeah, it just, it just feels a little bit too, uh, too thin for me to, to even think about trusting um, Ronald Jones. So. I think we could pretty much move jump over to the wide receiver position. Um, I think I don't yeah. think we really have anything else we need to talk about the running backs, uh, especially after our thirty minute Wayne Gallman conversation. This is this is <laughs> really good. Wayne Gallman, Taysom Hill, like we've been crushing it with these uh, players that no one's going to play. So um, anyway, so wide receiver this week, like I think it is. This is where I think the slate's going to be won or lost at because there's a lot of really good plays uh, at the wide receiver position this week uh, from top to bottom, really. You know, with DeAndre Hopkins coming in at 8,100, though, I don't know how much I can trust that because this feels like a game that the Patriots just take away DeAndre Hopkins um, with Stephon Gilmore out there and at 8,100. But Keenan Allen is a fantastic – the dude has fucking just crushed every single game that he's been in with Justin Herbert, uh, but minus the game that he got hurt, yet he still caught a touchdown in that game. He's 8K. Tyree Kill, 7,800. Diggs is 7,600. Calvin Ridley is 7,100, which may not have Julio Jones at 6,500, which that makes him a smash play. Justin Jefferson is a smash play with Adam Thielen out. A.J. Brown at 6,700, though I will say that he's never done a fucking thing in his career against the Colts. I think he has, I don't think, he, I don't think he's eclipsed 45 yards uh, against the Colts in his career. Now it is a short sample size, but he has not done a whole lot um, against the Colts in his career. So I think that is something to monitor. And then you have DJ Moore, who at 6,200, um, he is getting pretty much all the air yards, 45% of the air yards over the last six weeks, 24% of the market share or target share. And, you know, he has one of the best weighted opportunity ratings of, of, among any wide receiver. Um, and at his price, I still think that 6,200 is just too cheap for him. And he's somebody that can break the slate um, if things go his direction. Chris Godwin. Absolutely love Chris Godwin at 6K. I think that is uh, way too cheap for him. I know that there is the struggle with 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 this offense, knowing is it going to be Mike Evans? Is it going to be Antonio Brown? And M- Mike Evans at 6100 is also really cheap. Really, I mean, I think he's going to see a lot of Honey Badger because Honey Badger, like I said, has played 56% of his uh, snaps in the slot, and that is where Chris Godwin primarily runs his his routes. And I think that, and like I said, Honey Badger has been really bad. It hasn't really not been very good this year in terms of coverage. So I think 6K Chris Godwin is something that I that if, if I'm going to be building a KC stack, like I definitely want to have some run back with Chris Godwin. Like I, Christian Kirk is one of my favorite plays on the entire slate at 50 5800 against New England. Where I think most of the or most of the um, attention is going to be on DeAndre Hopkins, I think Christian Kirk can crush at fifty eight hundred, 
And then Mike Beasley or Mike Beasley, <laughs> Cole Beasley at fifty five hundred now with John Brown ruled out. Like I think that he is certainly an interesting play at that price point, especially without John Brown on the field. Like he could see a, a massive amount of targets. And then I think from there, like you know, once you get a little bit cheaper down in the cheaper range, you know, Darius Slayton makes a little bit of sense at forty nine hundred. Though I don't know how much you know how many targets he really sees. Mike Williams at five k. And then we can get down into the five k or you know three k wide receivers. Where there's a couple guys there, but Sammy Watkins too at forty seven hundred. Uh, if you're wanting exposure to this Chiefs offense at forty seven hundred, that's just uh, ridiculously too cheap. It's there's a lot to unpack there at wide receiver. I mean, wide receiver is fun, and it's been the position that has been winning people the money. Uh, I feel like all year, and I think as soon as you can, and I'll see what Maddie what you think here, but I, I really think as soon as you can get past on what you're doing with Keenan Allen or Diggs on whether you're taking a stand, you're not playing them, or maybe you're playing them and figuring out your builds around them or what have you. Like once you make those stands, I think you're, you're good. Like, I don't think you need to go crazy on either one of those two players because of their ownerships that they're going to see. I mean, I've played Diggs a ton, like not on Josh Allen teams, just when he's been in good spots to have them. And it's just like, uh, he's he's seen so so much of the target share, but at his price and people are going to feel like they need to have him like in this game with the secondary being banged up for the Chargers. Like, I think I'm just going to take a stand and play Cole Beasley like on teams that include Josh Allen. Don't have him. He's cheaper. Um, there's a lot more that you can do with him. And and I want to play Tyree Kill. Like, I, I just want to say that, like, I, I want to play Tyree Kill on the road in this matchup. Like, if I have if I don't have teams to pat Mahomes, like, I just think he can be the one to go nuclear. He's on the afternoon slate. Like, I'm just going to take a stand. And I, there's just going to be so many teams I know that people are going to just try and fit these two guys in on their teams. And Keenan Allen, the same thing. Like the dude just smashed, had like 19 targets or whatever it was last week and wasn't a good matchup. It was it was the nuts matchup. And he's got Buffalo again, and it's a good matchup. He's seen, you know, same thing with the target share. But like, you know, are, are we going to get uh, – oh, I'm sorry, with the Jets. But are we going to get um, – you know, if he's not scoring a touchdown, is he going to give us one of these, you know, 10 catches for 96 yards, but no touchdowns for 16? Or are we going to get, you know, 13 and 132 and just one touchdown and it's 34? I, I don't I don't know. I, I mean, I just don't know. And I think I want to make a stand on finding salary elsewhere, because as Kev alluded to, there's so many options that are in the mid range that just make a ton of sense. And I want to get the running backs right. Like, I want to have a Dalvin. I want to have, you know, guys that I feel confident in of getting me 25 points at the running back position so that I can get 50 points there. And wide receiver, like, the, it, we've talked about it so much, but I just think it, people just don't think about it enough. Like, on DraftKings, catches 100 yards and who's going to score and then potentially, you know, score more. Because when you're getting that 100-yard bonus from some of these cheap guys, like these cheap guys going for 20, like that just makes such a difference, such a difference. And these high-tier guys that people want to fit in, and I mean, Devontae Adams even last week, it did pay off late. Um, But, you know, it was looking like a good stand to take when you don't take these guys who are priced at 8K and above. It just, it usually does not pay off dividends there. So I know I rambled on Maddie, but I wanted to get that in until my internet gets shoddy shoddy again. I didn't know if I was going to be able to say anything, but but no, man, I I think wide receiver definitely is where it's going to be fun for me to make builds this week because I'm just going to make a stand on those two guys outside of game stacking. 
Yeah, I, I, I think that makes a ton of sense. And that's exactly how I'm approaching this week um, with how awful running back is. I'm just probably going to eat the chalk at running back. You know, it's just play Dalvin Cook and then just be different with my wide receivers than than the field. Can Keenan Allen score only like 13 points? Yes. And if 35% of people have Keenan Allen at 8K and he's got 15 points and I've got, you know, I paid up for Dalvin who's got 35. And then I also paid down for like a a Corey Davis who I absolutely love this week at 4,900. Um, and he goes for 100 yards and a touchdown, and he's in the 20 to 25 range. I, I'm so far ahead of of those high-priced wide receivers that, you know, maybe have a, a decent game. Like maybe Keenan Allen catches seven passes for 70 yards and doesn't score. That's 14 points, and that's not going to get you there at his price tag with, with the ceilings we see across the board at the wide receiver position. Like I really do think that Corey Davis has a monster ceiling here this week. You look at all the team shares – for Tennessee, and I, I know I've talked about this game, but I, I love this game. And uh, A.J. Brown, he's got a 30, 31% air yard share for the team and a 25% target share. And then you look at Corey Davis, and he's got a 34% air yard share and a 23% target share. So he's literally been the same exact player in terms of team shares that A.J. Brown has been, and you're getting an $1,800 price discount on him. So you've got him. You've got Curtis Samuel is only $200 more. Uh, at 5,100, and Samuel has put up 17-plus in his last five, except for one game where he only scored four. But Curtis Samuel has become a, a main staple of that Carolina offense, and Minnesota's defense has been awful. So I think Curtis Samuel makes a ton of sense. Uh, Jamison Crowder, 5,400. He gets Sam Darnold back this week, who he averages 11 targets a game with Darnold and only seven a game with Flacco. That's an extra four targets a game who, and he regularly goes over a hundred yards when Darnold has been his quarterback. So you're, you're talking about guys in here that are either a can go for a hundred yards, B they can score a touchdown or B or C they can do a hundred yards and a touchdown. And right. if I've got that kind of upside down in, in the four to five K range, and you could throw Sammy Watkins in that same bin. Oh, I don't need to, you know, play all these eight K, wide receivers who are going to be extremely popular. Like give me Dalvin cook and I'll, I'll play a bunch of four to five to six K wide receivers to, to pair with him who have a similar upside. And that's, I mean, that's to me, the wide receiver position has always been the most volatile because you have these guys who these wide receiver twos and wide receiver threes who can go out and have a long touchdown catch and score, score a touchdown and, and go over a hundred yards. And all of a sudden they've got 25 DraftKings points out of nowhere. I mean, we see right. it with, with Valdez Scantling the, a couple weeks in a row, right? I mean, he's a deep threat guy who can turn a very small amount of touches into a lot of into a lot of fantasy points because of the nature of the wide receiver position, whereas at running back, a cheap guy has to have a lot of volume to get you there um, right. and, and is re- reliant on multiple goal line touchdowns. So I'm going to end up just how my builds are taking me is – probably paying up at QB for, for Mahomes, uh, pairing him with one of his top pass catchers in a Sammy Watkins, trying to fit in Dalvin with him, and then running some of these uh, four to five K wide receivers. I think, I think that's going to be uh, where I end up. I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are on Justin Jefferson with, uh, with Adam Thielen being ruled out. Because uh, I think he's going to get pretty popular. I think I think you have to be able to tell yourself a story that Carolina is able is able to push the Vikings. So you're only playing him on, on Teddy and open things up. 
Probably. I think I, I think I think that makes the most sense because again, right. he could end up seeing five targets in this game, mainly because that they don't if, if they can run the ball, they will. We've mm-hmm. seen Kirk Cousins with only fifteen pass attempt games. Like that's always the scary thing with him. Now, last week we were, we, were, we were able to see Dallas, yeah. you know, get out and actually get a lead and actually push them to open the offense up and make them throw. So if Carolina in any way is not able to do that, then Justin Jefferson does not become that great of a play at 6,300, especially with the amount of wide receivers, not just around him, but wide receivers that are a little bit more expensive than him and below him that I, I think that that do that that is very intriguing because do I play Justin Jefferson at 6,300 or do I find a way to get up – to Calvin Ridley, who's 7,100, who has absolutely crushed in games. He's averaging like it's, it's 110 yards and a touchdown in games that he gets eight or more than eight targets in a game through in his career. Like, which without Julio, you could almost bank on that, that, that he's got to mm-hmm. see that kind of volume. And, and so, like, I, I would rather play Calvin Ridley than that. But at the same time, he certainly he has 35 to 40 point ceiling. Like, it, it's certainly is there for him if they're if they're put into a position where they're going to have to throw the ball. I just worry, too, like a lot of times, this is kind of like the Marvin Jones thing, right, when Kenny Galladay was knocked out. Right, uh, yeah. you, you just kind of see All this, the coverage goes. The wide receiver, too, starts to get – they're now the focal point of the defense, and I just don't know how much – like, yes, Justin Jefferson is a good wide receiver, um, but how much has he benefited from the other teams focusing on Thielen? Do you feel like as well, like that's like like digging deeper into that without Adam Thielen? Like, did, could that actually hurt Dalvin Cook? Because yeah, I mean, the line, line, like, you're, you could be like, okay, you have Ola BC Johnson and, <laughs> and Chad Beebe as your as your other wide receivers. Like, we're not worried about them. We're gonna stack the box and double team Jefferson. Yes. And say ne- beat us, and so that is something that I think that you know could be a ripple effect uh, w- without Adam Thielen on the field. I and agree. So, yeah, I yeah, I, I don't want to play. He's sixty three hundred. I don't want to play a popular Justin Jefferson who you know is, is going to like we've said it going to be the focal point, making most of his you know money off of uh, go routes and and you know deep plays here and. I, I think that maybe it does limit Dalvin a little bit, but I still think, you know, even if you're not getting a Justin Jefferson breakaway touchdown, you know, maybe he gets stopped at the five or maybe he gets stopped at the 10 or whatever, and they get in the red zone, it's going to be Dalvin all day. Yeah. And then after that, when we're looking at the red zone usage that uh, Thielen and, and Irv Smith with being out, they're leaving behind 23 red zone targets. Like I think those could go to Rudolph. Those can go to Cook. Those those are going to go to stupid stuff, and you're not going to be able to bank on Jefferson getting that usage too. And and I, yeah, not even Ridley. Just like AJ Brown's around him, Cooper Cups around him, DJ Devontae Moore, Parker. Robbie Anderson, Mike Evans. Um, yeah, Devontae Parker at 59. Um, just crazy who's around him. So it just automatically pivots there. And I, I mean, you know, we talk about this every week, and it's just so you know we. we We've been doing this long enough. You just start to get into the heads of the competition, right? And Maddie, I know you play in some some really confined fields where you're only having to take down, you know, a couple thousand or maybe not even a couple hundred people, depending on the tournaments that you're getting in. And, and Kevin and I are more so in the larger fields. And when you have to think about like twenty three thousand people, or however the case may be, we're in, we play in the huddle for our show builds, and that's fourteen thousand people. And people are looking at this and okay, like running back i want to get in dalvin like keenan allen he's 8k i want to get him in okay that's 17.5 of your 50k salary 
and then you're going to pass on Stefan Diggs too, or you're going to pass on Tyree kill too. It's hard to, it's hard to pass up on some of these guys. So you start to think about how, how player, how other players are building their teams. And especially like Kev alluded to, like at running back with, you know, People will play Gallman. People will play Brian Hill. People will play Joshua Kelly if the whole running back squad's out. People will play Matt Breida. Like, and so if you can think about, okay, I don't want any of those guys or I only want one of those guys and start making your builds, I, I think it's just so, so much easier. You know, we talk about being contrarian for the smart way, and it's not like playing teams that have Gallman and Breida on them and, oh, I'm going to be contrarian and stack all these guys. It's like, no, like find good leverage plays that are in good spots that are in some of these good games where you can get exposure to. And like, are you really going to play all of your teams that have Stefan Diggs? Or are you going to look at Cole Beasley? Look at the numbers that he's put up in games without John Brown, six catches, a hundred yards and hasn't scored a touchdown in two of those games. And one where he missed or where he played in a little bit of it and hasn't scored. If Beasley scores, yeah, I mean, you really are looking at him getting 25 points on DraftKings because of what he's been doing. And yep. they're both they're both going to get 30 on DraftKings, maybe. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be banking on the guy who's who's cheaper price tag. So and speaking of speaking of guys who are also cheaper, as I toss it back over to you guys, like I'm looking at the 5K range and like how how is Robert Woods 5800? How, you know, Jamison Crowder now, we're going to get Sam Donald back. We didn't talk about the quarterback position, but it looks like Sam Donald's back. And Jamison Crowder's 5,400. I, I mean, uh, just, um, what's his name? Shepard. I'm looking at Sterling Shepard here. And, and I, Kev, you brought up uh, um, Slayton before, but I'm looking at Shepard in like seven or eight targets, if not more, in the past couple of games. Like he's just been so efficient with these targets. And if he's able to, you know, Cincinnati does limit the deep ball. They that's one thing that the secondary has been able to do is limit that deep ball. So if stuff underneath is available, like at fifty one hundred, I could see myself playing some some Shepherd as well. And then you brought up Pittman before, uh, Maddie. I mean, even Tyler Boyd at five K. You know, it is going to be not Joe Burrow on the other side, but at five K with Tyler Boyd, we know what he can offer. Um, T Higgins forty seven hundred. Yeah, T Higgins. But I think it's Brian crazy. Brandon Allen is Brandon Allen's actually going to start, and and one of our okay. one of our <laughs> favorites, uh, Derek Brown. He he mentioned to me earlier this week that Allen actually was like one of the best deep passers in the league when he got his brief you know brief backup stint as a starter. So I I don't even hate T Higgins as a one off at forty seven hundred because I mean he's yes he's been smashing with Joe Burrow, but I mean. He's good enough. He's talented enough that he can go out there and catch a deep pass from a backup quarterback. So, yeah, I I agree, Ryan. I, I think the board is just so spread so wide at wide receiver that I don't think it makes a ton of sense to just be playing all these massive chalk guys that that are going to keyhole you into one build. Like it'd be it it would be different if right. you know maybe some of these guys were five to six k and they kind of offer you some salary relief. But when you pay up for these popular wide receivers it forces you into playing lower price guys at at the other positions which that's the build everybody's going to have so it's just trying to be a different build but like you said being smart about the players that you're playing and not just being different for the sake of being different do you think that with the way that the tampa bay wide receivers are, are priced because at 6100 six antonio brown at 5700 those, those seem incredibly too cheap for, i like i like ab yeah I, I was, I was, I thank you, Kev, for bringing that up because AB in the run back is looking phenomenal. I mean, I his usage AB. has gone up each of the yeah. past three weeks. Yeah. Um, Brady, like somebody said, I saw this on Twitter. They said, 
you're not going to bring in a certified psychopath and not throw him the football. Right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> like, I mean, if this guy's right. going to be like a super controversial signing and he's like, we've seen it now for three weeks. AB looks like AB. Like he looks good out there. And I mean, he even Brady has barely missed him on a couple deep targets where we'd be talking about AB just went for, you know, 140 yards and a touchdown on 15 targets. Right. So Right. He would be he would be the most popular wide receiver on the slate if he did that last game. And it was like Absolutely. he missed him by like half a foot on that deep target and he was wide open. I had Captain AB on showdown. <laughs> so I, I I was watching every play. <laughs> that frustrated me so much. Yeah, I agree, Kev. I, I think he, I think that those Bucks receivers for like all the uncertainty, just play one of Godwin or A B. And even Mike Evans, you know, he he can catch two touchdowns in any game. But that's the one thing with with the Chiefs too is that like watching every single every single snap of every single Chiefs game is the Chiefs have been very susceptible to the deep ball. They they seem to get beat multiple times a game deep, and so I do think that's where Mike Evans also becomes interesting, um, or as as somebody that I think people should be looking at because I do think that after this weekend there's going to be one of these wide receivers that people will look back on and be like, why the fuck did we, did I not play one of these guys? Because they, they're, they're just too, they're all too cheap. And, and they're all good. Yes. They're all good wide receivers. Yeah. Yes. Well, and, I, and I think, and I, I think I know how you feel, Kev, Maddie, I'm not sure about you, but I, I mean, I would probably, Mike Evans is the, is the third for me. Like I'm just so sick of Mike Evans, dude, with his touchdown equity, like just is saving his weeks. Really? Um, it's just getting fucking ridiculous. And, uh, I, I would probably, I, I mean, a B because he's cheaper. Um, and I'm, I, you know, I like the usage that he's seeing. So I'd go him first, then Godwin, then Evans. So I was just curious to see how you guys feel because I, a lot of people are still going to go to Evans, um, because of that, because of his touchdown I, that he's seeing. I would flip it. If it was me, it'd be Godwin, then AB, then Evans, okay. but. Before we move on, just I mean, we're already we're already rolling and we're already, you know, 90 minutes in. So let's just I just want to hit on this real quick. Uh, 3K options that get in play because, you know, they're still in play, especially at Keelan Cole. Keeper, I feel like <laughs> is it Keelan Cole and, and that's it. I feel like are, are, are people going to play? And I'm not saying this, but I just want to, you know, see how much Sammy Watkins I'm going to have. Are people going to play Demarcus Robinson? at what his price is no you you, no. you kind of take him off uh well once sammy watkins is back you pretty much take him out because okay. between so he's still gonna be out there because so i think where people got stuff wrong with mccall hardman uh versus demarcus robinson so like had so for this week if sammy watkins wasn't playing it would have been a mccall hardman week and here's why McCole Hardman is terrible in terms of of blocking and being and being able to help in the run game, and so that's why you see so much Demarcus Robinson on the field because that and that's why he plays so many more snaps. People get tilted because of McCole Hardman not seeing that many snaps. But like last week was a good example where the Chiefs wanted to run the football and McCole Hardman was an afterthought. Like he was barely even out there the entire game. So, but now with Sammy Watkins back, like Sammy Watkins excels at doing that. Like Demarcus Robinson is still going to be out there. I, I think that now you see with Sammy back, like you, you can see some McCall Hardman mixed in a little bit more frequently than Demarcus Robinson is because of Sammy Watkins coming back. So I do not, I would not play any of Demarcus Robinson. Um, if I wanted to get really wild, it would be McCall Hardman. And I just don't think you have to do it. I would just prefer to play Sammy Watkins at his price because 
at the wide receivers that are in the 3K range, because I think you may end up having to play one of them with all the dudes we want to pay up for. Everyone wants to play all the dudes. Like you're going to have to find somewhere to concede some some price. And if you're not going to play one of the 4K running backs, I think the best case scenario then would be trying to fit in one of these wide receivers that are in this range. And Keelan Cole certainly has that kind of ceiling. Like he can get you 25 at, at 3,600. And then I think KJ Hamler is a little bit interesting at 3,500. Uh, LaVisca Chenault also as well at, at 3,300 um, makes some sense with no Chark and no uh, Chris Conley. I think you could. I think you could do that if you really wanted to. And then I think Jalen Guyton is, is going to be a, a forgotten name at thirty one hundred, who nobody's going to want to play him. He is kind of boomer bust. We saw his 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 usage go up a little bit. Then it went back down last week with only one target. Mm-hmm. But in this game, if you're wanting to make a Justin Herbert stack and you know you want to play obviously uh, Keenan Allen, and if you can't fit in Mike Williams or uh, Hunter Henry, which we could talk about at tight end, $3,100 Jalen Guyton, I think is also uh, in, in tournaments, I, I think is a way you could go too. Yeah, I was looking at Guyton too, Kev, because I, I had some of him last week. Um, obviously, you know, didn't didn't work out, but he's always been cheap. And you look at these games where, you know, if he's able to take a long one to the house there when he had the uh, 70 yard touchdown, had 384 and one and then had the one catch for 72. I mean, paying out 14 points. That's already, you know, just on one play. That's that's five X at the position. So I do think it makes it makes some sense to play him there. If you, um, you know, Tredavious White, I don't think has a slot snap. Um, on the other side, so he could be just seeing Mike Williams and trying to limit him. So I, I don't know how much Mike Williams I would have at all, even. And really, it was just a bad luck. I mean, because if you look at last week, Jalen Guyton played 86% of the snaps. He ran a season wow. high in routes. He ran 50 routes last week. He just didn't see the target. So, like, he's out there. I mean, he played 86, 67, 89, 85, 65, 90. Like, he's out there playing a ton of snaps. He's getting a lot of routes. And so... I mean, he's out there, and I, I think, you know, if he can, you know, get loose on one deep, like, I think he could pay off at that price. No, that's that's fair. I, I like that in, in game stacks there. I just wanted to talk about the 3K receivers because I thought they were – I thought some of those were interesting as well. Uh, let's let's move it on to tight end as we're getting ready to wrap up the pod here with the tight end and defense position. I appreciate everybody who's rocking along. DGN Nation pod at DGN Nation pod on Twitter is where you can find us. Let's talk about tight end here. And <laughs> you guys were talking about it offline uh, more so than I even was, but even just looking at this slate, it's like, damn, I wish this Steelers and Ravens game was playing so that I could play Ebron here. <laughs> um, I didn't really feel good about playing him on a, on a three gamer, but on this 11 game slate, I could really use that $4,100 uh, price tag for him. And you're looking at, you got the top Kelsey and Waller, um, no more Mark Andrews. You could stretch out. So really only two tight ends that are going to be six K and above this week. Everybody's under five K. I mean, I, I could see a lot of people playing Hunter Henry. Um, Evan Ingram's always going to garner popularity. Rob Gronkowski in that game. If you don't want to guess on a receiver, but you want to have a run back, I could see people playing him. Gasecki. Now he's going to, you know, with Fitzpatrick, I guess Gasecki could be interesting, right? Because I saw you having this conversation, Maddie, about you didn't want to have to guess about usage, but I do feel like, if it's going to be Gasecki, like, are we not going to see as much of the Adam Shaheen and D. Smythe or whoever it was? Can we just lean on him? Because there's no Preston Williams now. Before there was, you know, we were dealing with Preston being there and taking some of those snaps. I I, I could see myself 
I could see myself talking myself into Gasecki if I if I needed to. Um, then you got Noah Fant, you got Janu, um, Hayden Hurst, who's questionable with the ankle, but if he plays, he should garner some popularity. And then Austin Hooper yet again, you know, he comes in at thirty eight hundred, five catches for thirty three last week still wasn't enough. I mean, people definitely wanted Goddard in that same game for, I think he was cheaper or maybe a hundred dollars more, but just two disappointing games against Houston and Philly, but now going against Jacksonville, I, I could talk myself into him. Um, I think Higby's banged up. So Gerald Everett at 3,300, that's interesting. Um, Colts tight ends. What the hell are we doing with them? They're all healthy. Can't play them. And then you got Kyle Rudolph, um, who is 2,800 against Minnesota now without, uh, Adam Thielen, which I think is interesting. Uh, Maddie, what say you at tight end? What are you doing? Uh, tight end's awful this week. It's so it's tough. Um, I mean, obviously Hunter Henry's in a great spot. I, I'll, I will say I I'm not gonna have the salary to fit in Kelsey or Waller, um, so I will not okay. be paying up for those guys. I just think so many things can go wrong. Like we've seen Travis Kelsey on an absolute streak right now that he's never been on. Uh, where he's just smashing week in and week out. But I think he's going to kind of fall back down to earth at some point. And I don't want to be on him when that happens. So I'm just going to, you know, let the let the field play him at 7K. And even if he goes for 25 points, like as long as my cheaper tight end can get me like 15, I still have a shot because I'll be able to pay up elsewhere. So okay. I just I just don't see Kelsey having a 35-point ceiling, 30 to 40, 35 to 40 to where, you know, I would have to have him or else I, I'm, I'm toast. So I will not be paying up this week. So Hunter Henry is probably the top that I would mm-hmm. go to just because I think Buffalo is going to end up pushing the Chargers. I think Gronk is interesting as a run back against Kansas City if you don't mm-hmm. want to play wide receiver roulette there because he's you know he's had high red zone usage. Um, then you've got uh, Jasicki, who you mentioned. Uh, I, I do like him. You know, like you said, Preston Williams had, had been in the picture until recently. Um, and also Tua has been in the picture until recently. So right. if, if Fitz is in and Gaskin's out and we have no Preston Williams, obviously, uh, I think Jasicki becomes a second option against uh, a, a Jets defense where, you know, Jasicki, he, he's not always playing in line. He, he plays big slot. So he's going to get matchups with, you know, nickel cornerbacks and, and safeties and things like that. So I think that he makes a ton of sense. Uh, at 4,300. Um, I like the Hooper call. He's he's due for a big game eventually. I just don't know how much Cleveland's going to need to throw uh, mm-hmm. this week, so he's definitely touchdown dependent. And then I do like Gerald Everett if Higby's out, uh, obviously. And then the other injury to monitor, uh, Jordan Reed, is questionable with an illness. If he's out, uh, Ross Dwelly at 2,900 becomes a salary saver. Um, but, yeah, outside of that, man, tight end's pretty gross this week. Kev, what are you doing at, at tight end here for the week? I mean, on, on teams that I'm not running, Tyreek, it'll be it'll be Travis Kelsey. If I could figure out a way to get Darren Waller right at six K, I would, but I just don't think I would be able to get there. So I agree on that. And then um, Henry, Evan Ingram, I think are great plays. And then past that, like if Hunter or if, if Hunter, if Hayden Hurst doesn't play, do you have any interest in Jaden Graham? I think you have to just because twenty five hundred. Just because of the limited yeah. options. I like that call. I mean, like Atlanta's going to have nobody else. And then, I mean, we saw last year, I mean, he is somewhat explosive. I know last year he had that 50 yard reception. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm almost positive when that happened. Like, I'm trying to think back, Maddie, I think you were actually on him that I week. Was. 
because yep. of like air yards and everything else of what he was yep. doing. And he had that 50 yarder and then almost, I think he almost scored and it was like, he did. yeah, but he's uh, a very athletic, very good pass catching tight end. Yes. And so I, I think that, that he would be somebody that I think you could look at if you're looking to save some salary at, in that price range at 25. And then I also think that Tyler Eifert isn't a crazy play either at like 2,600. The last three weeks that he's played, he's gotten five, four, and five targets um, without Chark, without Conley. Like they're going to need somebody inside the red zone. I think that's where Tyler Eifert would come in as well. And so I think that he is also an interesting play at his price tag at 2600. So if I'm paying down, I like that. That's that's probably another place that I would I would look to go to because Cleveland's also been terrible against tight ends. And also you get the usually backup quarterbacks, they want to just attack the short middle of the field, uh, a lot of high percentage throws. So there usually is a, a backup quarterback to tight end correlation. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it it, it feels uh... Uh, Eifert does lead the team in, in red zone targets too. I just pulled it up. He's tied with Chark, tied with Chark with eight. Oh boy! So yeah, I don't hate that at all. Twenty six hundred that gives you that opens up a lot. Cleveland or tight ends against Cleveland. Yeah, nine targets the past two games. And they yeah, have, I, I, now they're like without Chark and without Conley, and so it's really yeah. just Eifert, Cole, and uh, Chenault in the past game. Right. And what what was Visca's injury? Was it like a, uh, a knee or something? I just would. I just was curious, just to know. It like, was lower was body, with. yeah. Okay, what he was dealing with coming back off uh, a hamstring, so soft tissue. Um, yeah, but he's been out for a little bit, so yeah, man. I, I, yeah, I mean, I think that people will make plays that just aren't correlated here in the tight end area, and I just don't. I, I'll just take a guy who I can bet on the usage with, and some of these guys who have solid red zone rolls and take a chance there or just pay all the way down so I can fit more guys in. Um, speaking of trying to be able to fit guys into this lineup here, let's move it over to defense and see what we're doing here. And uh, we got Dolphins at the top. Only 4K defense this week with the Steelers and Ravens game being off the slate. You got Saints at 3,800 against Locke on the road, though. But we know Locke loves to turn that ball over, so that'll be interesting. You got Rams at 3,700 who have been, you know, pretty doing pretty well the past four weeks, actually, that you're able to pay up for. Giants have been priced up because no Joe Burrow. They're 3,200. I think they'll be popular as people will look to play there, and they're kind of middle of the road there. But I'm going to scroll the way down here, and with all the – with all the guys, twenty two hundred dollar Broncos, two hundred dollar Broncos. Yeah. I know you're going there. Yeah, twenty twenty two hundred dollar Broncos was was definitely where uh, I I want to go. I mean, I'm looking at what they were able to do last week against Miami in a home matchup, mm-hmm. and like I was talking about the Taysom Hill fumbles, and mm-hmm. I'm just really confident of him as a passer. So hopefully they can limit scoring um, to a certain degree, and then you know get themselves into a situation where they can. Uh, you know, have him being able to throw and just, you know, force them into ways that are turnovers. But I also, I also am interested at just a hundred dollars more in the Raiders defense going against Atlanta with so many guys who are out there on the other side. And I was just talking about, you know, not having Gurley as well too. So them being limited in moving the ball and not being able to um, Matt Ryan still being able to throw a lot. Like Matt Ryan just th- he throws picks. I mean, he throws them. He throws them in bunches. And this Raiders defense, you know, they 
negative two against KC, but against Denver, they had 16, Chargers four, Cleveland nine on the road. They've had some solid games in the past couple. Um, now that the defense is getting healthy, I know they were dealing with the COVID issues and everything like that. So um, they're playing this Atlanta team that I'm not scared of. It's inside. I mean, they're just $100 more than the Broncos, too. So I, I like getting some leverage on them if they're not going to be popular. Uh, Kev, where are you at defense outside of Broncos or just Broncos and log out for you? I mean, the Browns are certainly in play at 3,100 against Jacksonville and Mike mm-hmm. Lennon. Mike Lennon's fucking oh, right. awful. Yep. And then, yes. you know, so definitely, Browns are definitely in play. The the Giants at 3,200 is certainly a way. And I think, I mean, I I really don't want to go any higher than that. Like if you had the money and you had money sitting around and you were able to play somebody like the Rams, I think the Rams at 3,700 against San Francisco with their their defense, the way they've been playing, I I think is um, something you can do. But I would just much to pay down. Like the Broncos really stood out to me when I saw them at 2,200, especially at home. I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to be playing a lot of Broncos this week just because of – everything that you can do and what that opens up to being able to play them. Because I think if you do that, and then if you played a, a tight end, like, um, you know, like Tyler Eifert or something like that, then it kind of really opens up the entire slate for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Lot, lots of stuff you can do with this salary. Maddie, you're feeling the same way too there Broncos. And I know you're pretty much, you know, you come on one defense and you stick with it. So will you pretty, will you get anywhere else in your builds? Do you think? Uh, I, I originally tried to get the Browns in and I just couldn't make them work. Uh, so yeah, okay. it's going to be Broncos for me. If you just look at all the sack totals for all these teams around the Broncos, I mean, they've got 28 and then all these other teams are in like the 10 to 15 sacks range. So they're just, I think they're mispriced and it's because they're playing New Orleans, but Taysom Hill can be turnover prone. He, he makes a lot of aggressive plays, uh, especially chucking the ball down the field. Um, you know, I think that there's between that and a, a lot of rushes, he, he can fumble the ball. So uh, I think Denver at home makes a ton of sense at 2,200. Yeah, man. And I and I always just like – like it's really hard for me to play a defense the week after they just spiked off. And that was the Browns last week getting 20 points without Miles Garrett mm-hmm. <laughs> being being in that game. Yeah. And so I, like people are going to look at that. Now they're playing Jacksonville, and I just don't want to take on that, that ownership level there at that price because what they – I mean – what they were able to do very outside of the sex was very fluky. So, um, so yeah, man, I, I like, I like paying down, getting some stuff on the belts and that that's pretty much it for the week 12 main slate guys. Appreciate you guys rocking with us. We're going to get into our week 12 main slate build as, as we usually do here, $5 single entry, the 60 K huddle there on DraftKings. We got to pick nine spots. There's three of us We three of us get to go. Kevin, you started off, man. How are we doing this team? Well, let's, let's just lock in Pat Mahomes. There we go. I, I don't mind it. I, I, I like Tyreek Hill this week. So I, I'm going to go second and play Tyreek and leave it on Maddie third. I'm going to pick the run back then, Antonio Brown. Let's do it. So we got Patrick Mahomes, uh, Antonio Brown, Tyreek Hill. That leaves us at a 28.5 for remaining salary total and 47.50 per player left. Do I want to go Wayne Gallman here? <laughs> Give me Sammy. Let's. I like it. Okay. I think if you play Mahomes, you've got to play two pass catchers with him because the only way he gets there is throwing four touchdowns. I like it. Uh, so forty-seven, sixty. Let's see what we got here. Uh, yeah, running back is so fucking ugly this week. Oh Jesus, it's bad. It is fucking bad. 
I don't think we could do Cook, but I think we could do something like Nick Chubb. Yeah, I was just looking at that to see if we could. Let's let's see what we could do playing around with Chubb because I, I do I do want a back that I can feel pretty confident in and getting a hundred and a score without playing Chubb. So Chubb Chubb's in there. That's forty one seventy five per position, sixty sixteen seven hundred for the remaining salary. Running back, tight end, flex, defense left. God, this is awful. <laughs> it really doesn't make you feel good uh, about how builds are going to go this week. It's great. And like, what, it, dude, I'm just looking at this team. Like, what are people doing running back if they want to play Allen and Diggs? It's going to be gross. Could you, could you play both Chubb and Hunt on the same team or no? You could. Is that too thin? That Baker's shown you no reason to think. I mean, you know, Hunt could be the one to catch the touchdown like it was last week, and Chubb could run it in. How would you feel about this? What if we went Derrick Henry? I was looking at that. And then, so then we could go Broncos D. And Eifert, and then 4K at flex. Yes. That's what I've got plugged in at the moment. I just didn't know who you guys would pick at 4K. All right, so we got Chubb and Henry as the running backs. Yeah. Broncos. I for that tight end. Yeah. And then 4K. Which I guess if we had to, we could always play one of the 4K running backs that's actually out there. But yeah. Uh, let's see what we got here. Where are we at? Where are we at? I mean, you can play Keelan Cole. Well, I was going to say you could do the mini stack there with Chubb and Keelan. Oh, but then you've got Eifert too. I don't want two Jacksonville guys. So it leaves you enough if you wanted to, instead of playing Eifert, playing Rudolph, because he's cheap enough that you could fit him in 2,800. So you're going Cole Cole and Rudolph? I'm good with that. That that makes sense, I think. That works for me. God, running back is awful, dude. Like, I was about to pick Naheem Hines, but he's legit got a chance to score three points. Yeah, that it's it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be rough this week in, in builds there. And I, I like that we did that. I mean, we're still getting two very high profile running backs with huge upsides there with a Mahomes and with a Mahomes stack. That, yeah. That is that's really what you want to be trying to do here on the slate. And speaking of that team, that's gonna be Mahomes, Derek Henry, Nick Chubb, Tyree Kill, Antonio Brown, Sammy Watkins. Kyle Rudolph, Keelan Cole, and Broncos D. 200 salary left on the table. That is being entered in, and that is going to cap it off on the Week 12 main slate. You guys got a two for this week here from the DJ Nation, powered by the Fantasy Authority. Thanks to everybody who was rocking with us for the Thanksgiving slate earlier this earlier this week, and now we got the Week 12 main slate here coming at you as we record this on on Friday, a little bit later than you guys are are used to getting it, but hopefully still plenty of time to listen to the content, be able to build your teams, be able to get this money. Like I said at the beginning of the show, guys, we're on YouTube, uh, we're on Periscope, we're on Twitch. Make sure you guys are subscribing to the channels to get all this content as we go live. Um, We appreciate that. We got a couple more shows left for the regular season. We're going to be doing stuff for the postseason as well too, playoffs. So make sure you guys are geared in for that. As I also mentioned, you know, we got the Slack chat that's still going. If you want to get in there, if you're not already, please hit us up at DJ Nation Pod or one of our social handles and we'll make sure to get you guys in there. Um, you guys got any final words for the people as it as we sign off here? Uh, good luck picking running backs. I hope you pick the right ones. <laughs> Godfather, we'll see you.
Yeah, I think I think I pretty much agree. You know, the the news we still have a lot of news to come in. You know, whether it's Austin Eckler yeah. and if, right, he, right, if, right. if he plays or if Josh Jacobs just ruled out and Devonta Booker or Devonte Booker changes kind of the the outlook on it. But I would go underweight on Brian Hill uh, for for sure. I would not be out here. Um, I don't want to hear none of this uh, Brian Hill free square bullshit that you're going to nah. hear on other podcasts that you listen to this week. As you listen this weekend, there are going to be people that are going to say that Brian Hill's a free square, and it's fucking ridiculous. He's not a free right. square. Right. right. And actually, it's going to be interesting to, to see. Kev, I know you don't play a Medi. I know you don't play that much at all either. But it's going to be funny to see cash builds this week um, because of, of because of guys like Brian Hill, because of the injuries that are, are happening and that we're waiting to see. So this is going to be a, a funny week to just kind of see how people play their ca- cash lines and see what the cash line actually is and and how people's teams are going uh, when they're tilting if, if both Keenan Allen and Dix fail. Um So, yeah, and as I sign off, too, I'll I'll echo what Kevin says. You know, just make sure you're paying attention to the news. Obviously, it's a holiday week and um, maybe maybe you guys aren't doing as much stuff to prepare as you as you would be in normal weeks before. But as you get into Sunday, just make sure you're watching the injury reports and make sure you guys are knowing who's in because there is some leverage to be had um, in these spots as we as we get people ruled in. So uh, keep an eye on that if you're playing and and just get that money on Sunday, guys. We will catch you guys next week for the week 13 DFS main slate until then signing up for Maddie at Maddie DFS is where you can find him on Twitter. Kevin at fantasy rap 13 and myself, Ryan Alexander underscore W It's the DJ nation pod powered by the TFA. We'll see you guys next week until then. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do. Know who you're talking to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.